I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I'm ready. My hair is okay. not ready. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Oh, the Luca Lord, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I got to fix my hair like Luca's because uh, <laughs> Luca had the hair going on today. Rick Carlisle did not have the hair going on today, uh, but... Rick was a uh, Rick was a nice Rick today as the Mavericks got uh, got their training camp sorta kinda uh, underway in Dallas, uh, but it was really good to start a new season uh, again. And this is, gosh, what this is year six for me covering the team. Um, it's it's been it's been wild to think back. I I look back over the past day or so on just when I first started and, and all that stuff, but. Uh, should be a fun season for Dallas. This is kind of I consider the like media day of the first day of training camp as like day one of everything, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited. This team uh, seems like a lot of fun, and it was cool seeing uh, Luca and Rick and uh, Josh Richardson today. Absolutely, this is our fourth year doing media day. By the way, we started in 2017, we did 18, 19, and now 20. Uh, yeah, fourth year as a podcast. It's the f- first one where we're one of us isn't there in person, at least, which is uh, you know kind of. kind of stinks but you know everybody's nobody's there in person except for the players so all right on today's show we are going to do all kinds of stuff there's so much to get to there's so much news today the mavericks signed 10 players today on tuesday so we'll talk about that hear from rick carlisle hear from josh richardson hear from luka Doncic themselves really cool story about how josh richardson and luka knew each other before this season we'll talk about that today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on or locked and you'll get 20 percent off your next order all right, Isaac, so much to get to today. Mavericks signed 10 players. They signed Trey Burke, Willie Colley-Stein, Wesson Wundu, J.J. Barea, Josh Green, Tyler Bay, Tyrell Harry, Nate Hinton, Freddie Gillespie, and Devontae Patterson. So many players the Mavericks signed. They basically just procrastinated, right, and just decided to dump them all at once. We got this flood of emails on Tuesday morning. Uh, no uh, surprises. There's not really any analysis to go with this, but... Uh, the Mavericks signed all those players, and you know everything that was reported basically has happened. So we're waiting to see which one of these players is not on the team. We we are pretty sure that Freddie Gillespie, Devontae Patterson are not going to be on the team. Nate Hinton and Tyler Bay are going to be the two ways, and then one of those other guys is probably going to be gone. Whether it's JJ Wessa one do or and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of the two guys, right? I mean, we can't, I can't really yeah, imagine it, somebody yeah. else. We've unless, talked- unless they unless they do some type of trade or something like sure. that, and but. Also, it has been reported by ESPN that ESPN may know, according to ESPN, ESPN may know the Christmas Day matchups. Pelicans versus Heat, the first one. Warriors versus Bucks. Nets versus Celtics. Oh, boy. Let's go. Yeah. Mavs versus Lakers, the 7 p.m. Central Time game on Christmas Day. And then Clippers versus Nuggets, the, the nightcap. Uh, that's coming in like 25 days, like 23 days. It's not far away. Like the advent calendars are already out waiting for Christmas, right? They're already counting down. We used to do the thing in elementary school where you would have rings and every, every day you would, you would pull a ring off. Purity rings. (laughs) There'd be 25 like paper rings tied to something. And every day you would pull one of the rings off and it would be, you'd be getting closer and closer to Christmas until you pulled the final one off. And that was Christmas day. I don't know who else did that. That's what we did as kids. (laughs) So what did you think about the matchup Christmas day? 
man, a lot of fun. I think it, uh, you know, I think it trickled out there, uh, you know, a month or so ago that Dallas would be playing uh, on Christmas. We just didn't know who, uh, or at least I didn't know who until today. And, uh, it was really cool to see Dallas slotted in that slot. I mean, this is, uh, the defending champions. It's uh, LeBron James. And, uh, this is the, you know, the premier matchup of the day. And I mean, you get the two faces of the league, right? You have LeBron and then you have Luca, who's already one of the faces of the league. And depending uh, on who will, you ask, and he will be, do the Hawks play on Christmas? Talk soon. I didn't know if they hawked on, they talked on, or <laughs> the but no, uh, I, th- I think it's a testament though, to just how For sure. popular and big Luka Doncic is. And, Remember that Zion Luca art? <laughs> They're playing um, on Christmas Day, but I, they are. They yeah, are. I, I think this is great. I think that this is showing you know Luca's ascension. I think that this is a great matchup. I mean, all the games that they played were close and good last year, right? I mean, yeah. there was the. You know, I mean, we'll never forget the Dwight Stop. Howard, Seth Curry. <laughs> Neither of those players play for these teams now, which is kind of wild to think about a year later, but. Uh, we no, had that. Also, the Mavericks picked up Luca's fourth year option, which is the biggest no brainer in sports history for the, for the Mavericks. Picked up that option, $10 million. Nothing surprising there. All right, let's get into the audio from the uh, media day. So, Rick Carlisle spoke today. As, first as, day of media week, Nick. Sorry, first, day, first media day of media week. Rick Carlisle spoke to us. He also um, brought Luca and Josh Richardson, so they spoke separately. Great stuff from all these guys. Let's hear from Rick Carlisle about the Mavs' emphasis over the offseason. We've talked about this a lot on this show, but it's cool to hear from Rick Carlisle about the defensive end and why it's so important. Changes to the roster. Um, A big emphasis as we looked at this coming season is to get better defensively. Um, And so the addition of Josh Richardson, uh, James Johnson, uh, Josh Green is a a guy that's a, a very good defender for a young player. Um, and just, you know, the, the, the mentality of becoming a better uh, defensive team. Um, it's great to be the very best at something. As we were last year, we were the best offensive team in the history of the game on a points per possession basis. And that is, uh, you know, that, that is a substantial accomplishment. <clears throat> but we've got to we've got to raise the level of our defense. I think that's so important. I think that it's ob- it's the obvious glaring hole that the Mavericks definitely needed to address. They were number one in offense. Like you said, they're 18th in defense last year. Uh, he also went on to talk about how he was watching some of the 2011 finals, which is hilarious to think about him watching it. And like, we were all watching it this summer too, because it was on Fox sports Southwest, but he was watching it and he was there and he was coaching, you know, like he's, he's part of it, but he was watching and he realized just, he re- was reminded himself how good, of a defensive team that that team was right with Tyson and Sean Mary and Deshaun Stevenson, Jason Kidd, you know, all these guys that were, that were there. And he he was reminded basically that defense, defense wins championships. And he said that there's not been a, a title team that was not a solid, like above average defensive team, which is true. I've gone back over the past 25 years or so. They're all at least top 12 in defensive rating. And the ones that are like 12th, they were like the Lakers who were, you know, the number one defensive team the year before, you know, it's like these teams that have the capacity to become those type of good teams. And so I think changing some of the roster was definitely, you know, definitely had to happen. You have to change some of the personnel in order to, but I think changing the mentality is going to be huge too. And I think maybe the players can help that, but I think Carlisle may be changing some of his, you know, approach as far as defense in training camp. Yeah. I mean, that was, um, 
you know, coming out of the Clippers series, going into the offseason, that was the big thing. Like, how can Dallas get better defensively? How can they address this, whether it's a free agent or trade? And how can we get more toughness on the team? I mean, that was a that was a common thing uh, exiting the Clippers series. And for them to go out that go out this offseason and execute that, that was huge, not just through you know, trades and Josh Richardson and James Johnson, but they targeted that in the draft too. And Josh Green, like you said, and you know, Tyrell Terry is more of a, Hey, he fell to us. We liked him offensively is this crazy value. But then Tyler Bay, you know, there was a, a point where Rick said today that, you know, the defensive analytics uh, just love Tyler Bay. And uh, so, so that's, you know, really cool for him. And, but um, there's something else I was going to, gonna say along that route uh but no you mentioned him talking about the lakers he talked about the lakers like playoff run this past year and how you know portland he specifically mentioned he's like you know portland came out and beat him in that game one he said but then la had the ability to put the clamps down and they just locked up locked you know won the series and moved on and how good defensively they were and that's the thing i mean he strutted his stuff there in that comment that rick just said was like yeah (laughs) we're the best offensive team in history but that's real i mean we've talked about it a million times but how can you get better defensively and i think last year they were like 18 or 20 somewhere through there in the league how can they they want to be in the the top half the top half at least okay so uh, i think they're moving in the right direction that seems like a huge emphasis going into training camp they absolutely are all right coming up we're gonna hear from more from rick carlisle an update on christoph's porzingis as well as maybe my favorite quote of media day number one uh from rick carlisle so we'll hear from that we hear from rick carlisle also josh richardson and luca coming up but before we do isaac harris built bar i got some built bars cyber monday didn't you get some, you got some built bars too right yeah, I ordered some last night. Ordered some built bars. We got the uh, advent. Ca- I got an advent calendar coming. I'm interested to uh, to see what kind of flavors are in that. I got the uh, the white chocolate bars. All kinds of good deals over the weekend for built bar. But they still have some great bars out there. Go check out the uh, brand new flavors, cookies and cream. I'm gonna try that one out. I'm excited to see. 18 incredible flavors that you can choose from. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It really does. You can we're a testament to that because we reordered them. We got some free yeah. and we're reordering them because they're so great. They're soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet if you're doing that. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, Isaac, let's get into uh, more about what Rick Carlisle said. This is an update about Chris Ops Porzingis, how his knee is doing, how the rehab process is, all that. We'll hear from Rick Carlisle. KP is, is doing well. His, uh, um, his re- rehab has, uh, has gone without issue. Um, he's uh, on schedule. Um, if anything, we're having to... <clears throat> hold him back right now. He's uh, back to doing uh, light court work. Um, and so things are, uh, things are going, uh, are going well. He will not, however, play until at least January. So um, and when we get to January, you know, we can give you a better update on, on where things are. But, uh, you know, I think he's 12 weeks from surgery, you know, this, uh, this coming Friday. And again, things have, things have gone well and, and without issue. Yeah. We talked about this before, how the Mavericks are going to take their time with him. 
and he's going to miss, you know, at least all the December games. January is when he can start getting back into the swing of things. And so I expect him to miss some of, of January as well. But they're holding him back, which I think is a good sign, right? It's not like they're having to drag him along. He's the one that wants to keep pushing forward, wants to get back on the court. I think that's positive. I think that uh, I thought it was funny that he's very specific about he's not going to play before January because we've seen Rick Carlisle. Like, we've been to pressers where people ask him over and over about Nerlens, about Dennis, about Luca. You know, when are these guys going to play? And so they, the Mavericks sometimes are very specific about these dates and they don't want us to ask any questions about it until, <laughs> until then. So I think they're really going to stick to it. Who would ever ask about Nerlens, you know, uh, <laughs> AKA me. I ask about Nerlens all the time. Um, <laughs> Still does. <laughs> I don't know Rick what Rick would do if I asked him about Nerlens right now. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, he, I mean, KP's twenty five. He's under a max contract. You, they're not going to rush him back. It's going to take some time. Um, I think it could, you know, move a, towards the end of January, somewhere through there. I, I do. I mean, I just think they're going to be really cautious with it, especially if Dallas comes out and you know they win some games. They, you know. They they're really gelling and stuff. And it's like, all right, well, we have a little bit of a cushion. I think where it gets a little hard for them, and I don't think they would give into it. Where it gets a little hard if they start out in a hole a little bit, and it's like, well, dang, like KP's pushing to get back. But uh, I I do think a bummer is that he's not going to be there on Christmas Day, and uh, I think that could um, that would have been super fun to see KP Luca. Uh, versus LeBron and AD, but kind of like I think you mentioned, I don't know if it's on the pod before this, but you know, if LeBron sets out any uh, at the beginning of the season, you know, we might not have KP or LeBron on Christmas Day. But anyway, AD versus Lucas, still a good matchup. I think the teams are more sure. even at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Two best players under the age of 26 in the league. I think AD is going to be 27 this year, but yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I guess Giannis, but yeah, probably. Well, yeah, Giannis and then, yeah. They're close though. They're 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 close up there. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Chris Osmerzingis, we're not really we're not gonna you know talk about that every single day on the pod. But that is the update from from Rick. Uh, it's good to hear him doing some light court work. We saw him doing some of that on Instagram and and things like that. So we've seen him at least. He can use the leg. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Rick opened up his whole presser saying he's like, hey, I'm gonna address this from the very beginning. I know people's gonna ask questions about it. Yeah. And I mean you you expect it kind of and you're like all right well this is good news this is what we want but it is good news and you have to recognize that there's been no setbacks he's doing good like we see different times whether setbacks or whatever and everything's going great right now to what it seems for sure for sure all right here's my favorite answer that rick gave the entire press conference i have no setup for this i'm just gonna right. i'm just gonna let it play here it is uh, I would never suggest that last year's roster lacked toughness. I'm sure you would say the opposite, but was it part of the mindset in this offseason to build a little, shall we call, protection for those situations where people like to knock around Luca a little bit? Yeah. That's yeah. it. That was the answer. He goes on to talk about, you know, they added some tough players, blah, blah, blah. James Johnson is, you know, several martial arts rankings. But <laughs> you ask a yes or no question, Rick Carlisle will answer the <laughs> answer yes or no. <laughs> I just love I thought that was so funny. 
No, it was it was great. We both LOL'd and texted each other when Rick said that, and I was like, <laughs> I just laughed out loud. And Rick is great. <laughs> oh, it's, that's funny. Uh, so yeah, the Mavericks did add some tough players and, and you know things like that. But all right, here's uh, Rick Carlisle answering a question from one of our own about a player that's been controversial <laughs> in the Mavs fan base. Let's hear, let's hear this. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> this is for all you out there. So bringing back J.J. Barea, what does he mean just to this team on the court, off the court, just for some of the young guys in the locker room? Well, when you look at what he's accomplished in his career as an undrafted player, I mean, it's – it's really a remarkable career. I mean, just flat out. I mean, this is, you know, he's going into his 15th training camp. Um, what he's done has been absolutely incredible. And so, uh, you know, his presence uh, on our team is, is very important for a lot of reasons. Uh, his presence in training camp will be important. Uh, he provides experience, leadership, um, he has a great deal of respect from these players. You know, he's our last vestige on the player side to the 2011 championship team, um, you know, where he ended up being a starter in the last three games that we won. And so, uh, you know, he's just, he's just one of those, one of those really special people and really special players. So he, he talks about a lot of things in that though. I mean, I know we've talked about this this whole thing a lot, but here's from Rick Carlisle, like an actual decision maker on the Mavericks. He mentioned a lot about training camp, about being a veteran and all that. He didn't mention his play at all. Should we take anything from that? No, I mean, when the, you bring JJ Barea back in, right now for what he brings to the locker room. Exactly why? I mean, I know we bring up Haslam all the time, but Haslam has, did not sign for his, I don't know, 38th year in Miami uh, to log minutes behind Bam next year. That's just not what he signed for. And they made the they finals. To, he didn't even play. Yeah. Other side, Jared Dudley didn't really even play for the Lakers, but they had him because he was one of those guys. It's a culture maker. Yes, and it's not just you have those those guys for good teams. You have them for young teams, and it. JJ just means a lot for that team. And uh, yes, I, I loved Rick's answer to that. Yep. Yeah, you did. Uh, I would not be surprised if JJ is, is off the team after training camp, though, or it moves to that, you know, coaching spot or whatever. And they, you know, they made some sort of deal with him. But uh, I think definitely for training camp, they want him there. That's that was Carlisle's big emphasis. So we'll see. I mean, who knows? One side is going to be proven wrong or right on this. But all right, coming up, let's hear from. Josh Richardson and Luca, lots of stuff from these two guys. Well, uh, or more from Josh Richardson than Luca. We know how Luca is with the media, but we'll hear from Josh Richardson about how Luca and him met for the first time, and it was not recently. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, about to hear from Josh Richardson and uh, and Luca Doncic. We'll hear from Josh Richardson on his role. Listen to our podcast every day this week because we're going to be getting all kinds of audio tomorrow. Dwight Powell and J- Jalen Brunson will be hearing from. And uh, we also learned why Jay Crowder did not choose Dallas. He specifically talked about this on a radio show in Phoenix. We'll hear audio from that. Hear from Jay Crowder specifically about why he didn't choose Mavericks. Listen to us tomorrow for that. All right. This is Josh Richardson talking about his role and how he sees himself fitting in Dallas. Uh, Yeah. Well, first of all, from from the outside looking in, I mean, the first thing you see is Luka. You know, he's one of the best players in the NBA. So, 
you know, he's a, he's a great engine for this team. And then for me, another thing that I looked at is that, the, you know, the, the guys genuinely like each other. It looks like they like playing together and it looks like they really play for each other. And I mean, they can score with the best of them. But uh, yeah, I think one thing that I can bring is toughness. I can bring leadership. I can bring defense and uh, I'm kind of a gap filler. So like from night to night, I can kind of fill in where I need to. There's three things in there that I really liked. The fact that he came in right away and he noticed that the Mavericks like playing with each other, that they like being around each other. I think that's huge because I think that's a big contrast to where he was last year. And we can talk about that. We can talk about him being a, I guess it's only two things, the, uh, and being a gap filler, the fact that he can come in and be a gap filler and, and be a Swiss army knife type player and fill in a lot of these things. He's mentioned with, you know, when you talk about any type of basketball, like, you know, he's the guy you talk about, oh, he can be a scorer when KP's out. He's going to be the guy that defends point guards and he can defend. He's going to be the guy that, you know, he t- he mentions himself later. We'll talk about it. He can bring some toughness to this team and a little edge. He can bring that as well. You know, he's a guy that, you know, is a pretty chill guy and, be, you know, chemistry guy. There's just so many things that he fills, it seems like. He can be kind of a playmaker. He was in Miami. So there's just so many different areas that he can fill. The gap filler as a statement I felt like was really good from him. Yeah, that that was my favorite part of this quote from him. Uh, just the idea that, you know, you're going to have your engines. He even called him, you know, Luca, an engine to run the team. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the first questions, I, I don't I don't know if it's in this quote or not. Now my, bl- my mind's going blank. But to where he started off saying, you know, what is he, you know, know about the Mavericks from afar is like, well, Luca's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. And he's, you know, the engine that runs a team and stuff. But knowing that, you know, you have Luca, you have KP and all this, and he, accepts his role he's like i'm gonna fill in the gaps wherever it needs to be if he needs to pick up a scoring load one night he's gonna do it if he's just gonna play defense and uh do the dirty work he's gonna do that too so um this was the first time we got to talk to josh richardson as a member of the mavericks and uh i was super happy man he seems like an amazing guy uh to cover and you know, just some players come in and, you know, come into your market or your team and um, they're too cool for school or it's like, you know, it's like pulling teeth for them to be there. Or it's like, yeah, this is just, just a, like this is just a job. It, I'm Marshawn Lynch. Job. I'm just yeah. going to show up so I don't get don't get fined. Like, at least Mar- Marshawn seems like he would be a blast to cover. Uh, but like it, just anybody, sometimes you see those type of guys. But Josh seems like the exact opposite of like. Man, he just seems so so much fun, uh, full of life, but chill at the same time. And uh, he really, really does seem happy to be here and uh, be in Dallas. There was a time that he got asked about like coming to Dallas. And he's like, yeah, I knew it was a possibility. There's some other possibilities too, but I'm happy that I landed in Dallas. <laughs> he started laughing. And I'm like, is that a laugh that you could have been headed to like the Kings or something? And uh, really, you came to Dallas. So you're like, thank God I came to Dallas. Well, uh, forget anyway. Al Horford, his, his teammate from last year got sent to OKC. With Poku and <laughs> Lou Dort. That's true. <laughs> but I That's think true. the first part about, you know, he came in and immediately saw one of the first things he said. This is a, this is his first answer to, to, you know, to Dallas media is that he said that these players like playing with each other. We yeah. saw this past year how important that is. The difference between the Lakers and the Clippers this past year was they liked playing with each other, right? That was the big difference. Talent-wise, everyone thought the Clippers were more talented, but... The Lakers liked playing with each other more. They maybe had a more streamlined team than the, the Clippers did. And that chemistry was there. The hierarchy was there. And they got past, you know, they got past the teams who were in front of them. 
And I think that's huge. And we noticed that the Mavericks chemistry was such a big deal in the bubble as well. They were this team that were making headlines all over the place about, you know, their chemistry and doing DJ videos together, <laughs> having fun. Yeah. And it showed up on the court as well. They kind of out, you know, outkicked their coverage a little bit with how they played. And so I think that's going to be huge for this team. And I think that Josh Richardson is going to fit in great in there and i think that his team in philadelphia was not like that i don't think that's a team that really loves playing with each other enjoys and has fun with each other and this is very different for him so i hope that josh richardson just totally thrives like tim hardaway jr right he comes in and just completely you know takes to this cult takes to the culture takes to you know the play on the court and just you know becomes like a fringe all-star type player that would just be that'd be incredible for this team because he has that in him he does they thought in miami that he was going to be like their next all-star guy yeah, do you have that uh, the quote about? I know you mentioned earlier that he he said something about bringing the toughness to to the team. Do you have that audio clip? Yeah, you've probably seen Luca get knocked around a little bit by opponents. Do you see yourself as one of the protectors of Luca, or do you leave that to some of the bigger guys? Um, I don't know. You know, a guy like me, I'm. I don't really take well to to my brothers being messed with, but I'm not an instigator of situations, so I'm not going to be out there just trying to get in people's faces and do a lot of extra stuff. But, I mean, if I have no problem, you know, doing what needs to be done if if people aren't being treated right. And I feel like there's a lot of, a few other guys on this team that feel the same way about that. <laughs> I'm going to guess yeah. who, the other, who the other guys on this team are. <laughs> I love that last sentence. Let me say this about this narrative thing. This started kind of the defensive thing. This started coming out of the Clippers thing, too. That, I mean, immediately when they lost to the Clippers in the playoffs, we saw Tim McMahon. We saw people reporting from the team that they that they had heard, you know, that, hey, this is going to be one of the offseason goals is to get some protectors for Luka. Because we do have a lot of nice guys on this team. We love Dwight Powell. We love, you know, a lot of these guys on, on this Mavericks team. But when the Marcus Morris stuff was happening, there wasn't anybody to really step, you know, KP did and he got ejected, you know? Like, yeah. so like we, we seen that, but it's like, they, that was a reported thing. That was a narrative out there. It's like Dallas wanted to get tougher. And so, you know, Josh getting asked that question. Uh, I love the second half of how he answered it of saying, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not like an instigator. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to be out there just like, um, Low key saying I'm not Patrick Beverly, but <laughs> but I, but I love the second half of it. He's like, but I'll I'll do what needs to be done. If my if my brothers are getting treated a certain way, I I am gonna step step up and and do what needs to be done. And I I love I love that that quote from Richardson. Yeah, and this whole thing is is kind of weird because we've talked. It seems like people have talked about it a lot on Twitter. If you're on social media a lot, this narrative of bodyguards or Luca protectors or that it seems kind of overdone and kind of borderline weird like maybe borderline gross you know if you, if you really like dive into it a little bit but i think that this this whole idea was that they need some guys that'll just you know when hard fouls are, are coming you know the mavericks way or even when like chippy stuff like marcus morris stepping on luca's ankle that, that somebody else will hard foul somebody on the that somebody will hard foul marcus morris on the other end right and yeah. that just wasn't happening. I think it's just more that he's the young superstar, and it's right. just you, hey, you don't you want Luca to go hard your... foul because you don't want him to foul out, right? Like it's yeah, stuff like it's, that. It's like your quarterback in in NFL. We've talked about this before. It's like when when a quarterback takes a big hit in an NFL game, who's going over there and and pushing that guy or getting a flag, or whatever it is. A lot of times, it's the lineman or another player on the team or receiver, whoever it is. It's like it's just there is a something about your the teammates sticking up for 
you know, the best player on the team, especially a young star in the league. Yeah, so that's what this is about. But I love that answer, you know, and especially he called them my brothers. I think that's great for the you mm-hmm. know chemistry and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, great stuff. This is, um, oh, this, this is one of our last things is that Josh Richardson and Luca met years and years ago, like years and years ago, maybe not years and years, a couple years ago, uh, like three or four years. Ago. And so this is Josh Richardson talking about how he met Luca or saying that he didn't meet Luca, a different question on how he met Luca and when, and then Luca answering the question about how he knew Josh Richardson and when. So this is three different questions back to back to back. Yeah. I, I mean, I've known Luca for, for a few years, you know, we, we met when he was 16. So uh, I've known him for a little while, but, you know, I'm excited to play next to him because he's one of the best playmakers in the NBA. He has a really high gravity on the court, so he's going to need guys to, you know, help take pressure off of him. But, uh, you know, I think I can take some of the defensive pressure off of him. You know, the other team's best guard I'll usually be picking up. So, you know, he can he can just, you know, get in where he fits in on defense and handle what he has to on offense. Uh, so in the off seasons, I trained in Santa Barbara, California, and we met because he came out there to train for for a summer. So we played pickup a few times. And the first time we played, you know, I came back to Miami and I told some of my best friends, I was like, yo, I just met this kid. Like he's he's going to be the first pick in the draft. I still think he should have been. But uh, I mean, he lived up to my expectations so far and more. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've just been cool since. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Uh, it was Santa Barbara, you know, I was still playing for Real Madrid. I was young. Uh, I think I was 16, you know. Uh, we were working out in the morning in P3, you know, and play some pickups uh, in the afternoon. And, you know, since then, you know, uh, we always talk a little bit, you know. Always, we got to play the FIFA, FIFA stuff. Uh, but, you know, he likes soccer, I like soccer. Uh, and we were we keeping up with each other uh, since then. I think that's super cool. There's so many cool things in there, right? First of all, they met when Luca was 16. So this is what, like four years ago or so? Five years yeah, ago? Five Almost years. six? Wow. Uh, yeah, that they met that long ago. That Josh Richardson was like, this is the number one pick. He went back and told his friends, like, this is this guy's going to be the number one. Imagine being that good at basketball that somebody was like, this dude's going to be the number one pick when you're 16. That's that's insane. I mean, what were you doing at yeah. 16? <laughs> Learn how to drive. <laughs> Right. And then, uh, you know, how they've kind of kept in, in contact and that, you know, the whole first part about, you know, Josh Richardson talking about Luca being the you know the best playmakers in the NBA and that he's going to take some of the pressure off of him defensively and all that kind of stuff. I think that that stuff's super important as well on the basketball court. But the fact that Luca and, and uh, Josh Richardson have met each other and knew each other before is really cool. Yeah. I mean, Rick, uh, at one point today, he mentioned he's like, you know, one of our goals was the we we've been searching he said we've been searching for a a perimeter guard to put alongside luca to guard opposing point guards and he's like this they believe they found that and josh richardson and it's cool to hear you know josh talk about that too be able to pick up these guards and defensively and take that pressure off luca um but yeah yeah that that story about him uh meeting luca and stuff that's really cool they both love soccer and fifa and all that stuff i mean uh it seems like Richardson's going to step in and just fit right in chemistry wise. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. They're they're honestly upgrading the um you know the Delon Wright spot. That's what we thought he was going to be last year and that they tried to get, you know, Delon Wright to be that role and now Josh Richardson is a step up from that and that's who they got to be in this role. Maybe next year it'll be like Kawhi, you know. <laughs> where do you go where do you go from here, right? That's the upgrade. 
Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday would be the, the, the upgrade after that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Drew Holiday, then Kawhi the year after that. Kawhi does like a, he t- picks up his player option, and then the year after that, he's a free agent. But honestly, I mean, yeah, if everything clicks well with Josh and Dallas, I mean, that's a heck of a deal, you know, at, at $10, $11 million that, that Josh is uh, here on. And, you know, if his shot's going in, he's playing lockdown defense, uh, that's a heck of a deal in, uh, for a season like this. Did you say if he's locked on on defense? I mean, if he is locked on Mavericks. Perfect. This last one is from Luka Doncic talking about the COVID challenges. And, uh, you know, the one of the hard things about the NBA this year is going to be all the positive people. Hi, Luka. Good to see you. Hope you're hanging in there. Um, when the playoffs ended, Rick had said that even with how much you've accomplished your first two years in the league, that he sees you being even better this upcoming season. I was wondering, how do you view that? And what have been the things that you're doing to, to try to build off of what you've already done? I mean, I hope so too. You know, every year I want to be better. Uh, you know, uh, that's the goal. Uh, you know, for me, like I always say, you know, I, I want to win the championship. Uh, you know, and that's the goal we entered last year. That's the goal we're going to enter this year uh, as a whole group. And, you know, during the this uh, pandemic, all this stuff is going to be a different season. You know, some players might get, might get corona, get six, not be able to be with the team 10 days. So, I think there's going to be a big part on which team is not going to have positive people. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of time together. I think that's going to be a key. The goal is the championship. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And it's, you know, semi in sight. Yeah, for sure. I think getting the second round is the main, you know, a big goal for them this year. But uh, ultimately, I mean, we've seen. I feel like we keep on bringing them up, but we see a run like Portland had, you know, a few years ago. And, um, I mean, even Denver last year. And it's like, you can't tell me that Dallas is that far off from that Portland team or that Denver team last year. So, uh, as long as everyone's healthy, I mean, that's the, we keep going, going back to that, but that's the key thing. If KP is 100% healthy and Luca's healthy, uh, I think they have the surrounding pieces that they can make a little run. Absolutely. There you go. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow with more audio from Mavs training week, training camp, media week, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Boom. Yeah, excuse me. uh, Is Luka Doncic the best player in the NBA? Yeah. If Isaac Harris ever asked you about Nerlens Noel again, would you slap him? Yeah. Do you miss your hair? Yeah. Yeah, uh, if Giannis doesn't sign with the Mavs in a year, are Mavs fans going to riot and rip Twitter in half? Yeah. Was that silver tower thing in Utah from the aliens? Yeah.